This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. This Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors with the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. Today's Sidecast is our weekly roundtable discussion with our Cyclone Radio Network crew. We have Ryan Harklaw and Eric Heff joining me as we look ahead to Saturday night's game with Kansas State. Cyclones coming off a bye week, and then prior to that, a big win over Kansas. So we hope you enjoy our roundtable discussion with Eric Heft and Ryan Harklaw. Well, guys, Iowa State heading to Kansas State, a place where the Cyclone program hasn't won since 2004. And in the immortal words of Rafiki and the Lion King, it is time. And so uh, how, do we, how do we go get a win in Manhattan? <laughs> well, yeah, hopefully we have some lions out there <laughs> doing the job <laughs> to start with, you know, uh, number one thing, just be who we are, you know, and go down there with that us against the world mentality. You know, I think Iowa state with its back, I mean, uh, slightly, you know, against the wall right now, I think uh, they're going to have the right mindset to go down there and do what they have to do to take it out of everybody's hands. K-State players, the officials, whatever it takes. We've had some weird, weird things happen there over these past 17 years that in part have resulted in Iowa State not getting any wins. Plus, K-State's been really good some of the time. But, you know, your A players have got to play like A players. you got to make plays. And first and foremost, you got to control the line of scrimmage. You do, Eric. That's a good call. I know where you're getting at. The three, the three flags being picked up in the end of that football game last time we were down there. And that, that probably is the most frustrated I've ever been leaving a football game. I would agree. Um, yeah, and I think looking at this, I, you know, having a chance to watch these guys, the first two conference games is Oklahoma at home. They lose by six. It's a great football game. And they go to Oklahoma State, who's the 12th ranked team in the nation. They lose by 11. So it's going to be a very good football game. And, and the key is, like you said, Eric, it, we have to be who we are. If we are, we're going to be just fine. After looking at the film, you know, we do, I believe, have an advantage with athletes on the field. But again, they will not beat themselves, and they are very good on special teams. I mean, they've got some playmakers on offense. You know, Scott O'Thompson is playing, even though he's running less this year, he is playing the best football of his career. And I think their team really responds to him when he's out there. I, I, he's, a, he's a terrific quarterback, a uh, gamer. But with Deuce Vaughn and Malik Knowles, I mean, they've got some playmakers on offense, too, that you just have to find a way to try to make them one-dimensional like we try to every week. Yeah, and I think, too, that the great neutralizer with them, obviously, and it's only taking us about two minutes into a conversation to touch on special teams. Special teams, and if they can be significantly ahead of Iowa State in the turnover margin, they really improve their chances to win the football game. But if the turnover margin doesn't get away from Iowa State, and if they can at least come close to drawing even on special teams, I agree with what you said, Eric, about Iowa State having an advantage uh, probably on both sides of the ball. Well, I, I think so. Their rush defense has been good, but they've given up a lot of yards through the air. I think Iowa State can run the football on this team. I think Iowa State can run the football on just about any team. But it's going to be important that they execute that and do that and get Brees, get Brees into that rhythm. And earlier the better, but at some point in the game, uh, if you get him in that rhythm, I, I, I'm not sure they're going to have a ton of answers for that. I agree. When you look at their defense, they run that three-man front similar to we do, but, but the difference is they blitz out of it a lot more than we do. So I think what you're going to see is – a Brees Hall game similar to Baylor, where you're going to see him getting the ball in the flat, see him get it across the middle. They're sending six guys a lot of times, so they'll blitz all three linebackers. They're going to show three guys up on the 
in the box, like they're going to blitz, they'll drop two out. But what that does, it creates an opportunity for Brees to get the ball both, like you said, over the over the middle, but also to the outside and the flat. So I would expect to see a lot of Brees fall on Saturday against that Kent State defense. Well, and, and they're sending all those linebackers too. That creates a, a really tough situation for the K-State safeties too with Charlie Kohler. Uh, I, I think that'll be a really difficult matchup for them at that point. Today's sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. All true. And, you know, Brees Hall a year ago against Kansas State, 135 yards, two touchdowns, nine yards a carry uh, against K-State. Now, that was a depleted Kansas State team, yeah. but Iowa State did run the ball well. And that's kind of the game within the game here. Can Iowa State run the ball effectively? Because Kansas State's only given up 80 rushing yards a game. I don't think they've played a rushing attack, a team as committed to the run as Iowa State could be. I'm not saying that Iowa State will be, but I, I mean, Nevada's got, they got a great quarterback. They certainly wanted to make him the focal point against K-State. And Oklahoma, Rattler actually played well in that game for sure. And he was more of a focal point for them. So I, I don't know if they've been tested by somebody who's going to be committed like I think Iowa State will. We're going to get a lot of opportunities. Obviously, you saw what Rattler did on the run, too. There's Because of that blitz, it opens up the middle of that offense, and Brock Purdy's going to have an opportunity to run, get down the field. And a lot of quarterback scrambles this game if they if they blitz like they have against Oklahoma. So we might get a lot of quarterback rushing attempts and yards as well. With the bye week that, that K-State also got, I mean, are the, what kind of tweaks are they going to put in to try to slow down Iowa State? I don't know what their game plan is going to be. We'll find out on Saturday. Guys, one of the things I think that is kind of a misconception about Kansas State, and you touched on it earlier, Eric, because they do have some big playmakers. And people think of Kansas State, at, I think fairly so, with, when Bill Snyder was there and even into the climbing era a little bit. But they think of Kansas State and they think grind it out, three yards in a cloud of dust, time of possession, all those things, and then they just get you in that stranglehold. But this Kansas State team is actually behind its opponents in time of possession. This Kansas State team has seven plays of 50 yards or longer offensively. By comparison, Iowa State has none. Iowa State's longest play from scrimmage, 49-yard pass to Darren Wilson against Iowa. So they do have some explosive ability, and yet you look up at the end of the game and they don't ever have 500 yards offense. So limiting some of those big plays I think will be important for Iowa State defensively. Well, when you've got Deuce Vaughn, a little guy, he can hide behind those those big offensive linemen. Terrific, terrific running back for sure. But you're going to have to tackle in space. You're going to have to get up. If the D lineman can get upfield early, and then the linebackers fill those gaps and uh, and not overcommit because he's another guy that's a really good cutback runner, I think you'll be okay. But he's a guy that's a threat to go the distance every time he touches it. And he's also a great receiver out of the backfield. He is, and if you look at this, you know, watching film on these guys, what I was probably the most surprised at is the number of times they went into empty. So no re running backs in the backfield. So five wide receivers with Skylar Thompson back there. And believe it or not, it's actually a belief to protect Skylar because you have to drop so many linebackers and DBs into coverage to cover those five up, and there are a lot of quick throws. And I think it has to do, to do a lot with Skylar and being hurt, and they can't run their run game, that read option right now, like they normally would like to. And that is affecting their, their uh, time of possession just because of the offense they're having to go to with his leg injury right now. So, yeah. again, I would expect to see a lot of five wide, you know, and a lot of really quick underneath throws to the receivers to keep the pressure off of him so he's not getting hit all day. You know, and when they run the five wide, usually you got Deuce Vaughn out there as one of the five, you know, because he is such a good receiver. And they can shift him into the backfield, too. So you've got to be real careful of your pre-snap reads.
Yeah, he's scary. I mean, he's Tyreek Hill scary. You know, the little guy, he looks like him on the field. I'm not saying he's as fast as Tyreek Hill, but he has the resemblance of Tariq where he does he's really quick, really small. And he's he, he, try to guard him in a phone booth booth and he can't. You know, you he's he's really quick. So he is gonna be a key for I see Mike Rose match up on him a lot. Um, and you also see uh, Ryan Vance on him a lot as well because they're going to be matched up with him coming on the backfield on single uh, running back sets. And so Ryan Vance and Mike Rose are going to have big days covering him up if they can in space. I think this is a Mike Rose game, period, because Kansas State tries to stretch the field horizontally, and that's where Mike really excels is taking that away. They run a lot of jet sweeps. What Eric mentioned earlier, Deuce Vaughn's their leading receiver, and yet they also have their receivers – run the ball a lot on those jet sweeps with Knowles and, and Brooks. And so I see this as a Mike Rose kind of football game. Yeah. You know, I, I tell you what, you can't give up the, the edge when they're running those sweeps, getting wide. I, some of the real successful plays they've had, it's either the corner or on the outside or the defensive end gets sucked inside and there's no contain out there. And then they're really tough to tackle in space. But I think, once again, if our defensive ends, outside backers can, can get that push up, I like our corners to be able to make tackles because uh, corners are going to have to be great tacklers in this game. They're going to be a lot of quick throws uh, to the wide receivers and also getting Deuce Vaughn to the edge or even either one of those guys. You're going to have an opportunity to make some one-on-one plays and you better win your, more than your share of them. I would agree, Eric. I think we're going to see a lot of the second half of Baylor defense, which I think any of us would take. I think yes. when we look at Baylor's second half, that is what the kind of defense we need to play because uh, Bohannon from Baylor, where he took advantage of us was his underneath throws early on in that first half. We locked up on the outside. Once we did, we were able to shut him down. And I, I would expect John Haycock to dial something very similar up in this game that you're going to see because that's what Baylor tried to do to us. And they did very successfully in that first half was those really simple underneath throws where they were making three to five yards and they were just driving the ball on us. And you know, once we locked up the coverage man-to-man where they're tightening up, we had great success defensively. So, again, I think the greatest film for us to look at is Baylor. You know, when you look at this this Kansas State offense and this Baylor offense, they're very similar. And then they just want to, like, dink and dunk you down the field, which is annoying uh, as a defense and as a fan base. So, again, if we can do what we get, did against Baylor second half, I think we'll be successful against this offense. You know, and the other thing we did in the second half against Baylor, too, is in the first half they were able to run the football in that – tackle area offensive tackle area and they were getting some push in the second half it was like zach peterson you know all the guys playing the end spot there was no push from that and all of a sudden it's jammed up it's more congested and they couldn't run the ball in the second half either so it's kind of a combination of you know being being strong at the point of attack you know and let your other guys do the job Hey Cyclone fans, for the extra edge that comes from looking and feeling my best, I reach for my authentic brand gear. The style and comfort of Authentic Brand by TCB Companies delivers that boost of confidence to be my best. Authentic Brand gear can do the same for you or your entire workforce. Outfit your life with Authentic Brand gear by TCB Companies and don't just do it, do it in Authentic Brand. So let's take a look at what Hark was talking about earlier, Kansas State basically doing exactly, or at least lining up exactly the way Iowa State does defensively, but blitzing a lot more out of that package. So they're going to try to come after Brock Purdy. I would think Iowa State needs a first down mix, run and pass, and also first down success to keep them kind of off balance. So much of this game is going to depend on Brock's ability to get Iowa State in the right play and make the right decision early whether it's a quick check down pass or going with the run 
but he, he's going to have to be a great decision maker, and I have tremendous confidence in him to be able to do that. Right, and again, Brees is going to be the key to this thing, and when you look at the success that Oklahoma did at running the ball, it actually wasn't off tackle or outside where Oklahoma wanted to go. It was between the tackles. A lot of time the pressure wasn't coming from their middle linebackers. It was coming from their outside backers coming up the edge, and they were trying to slant their uh, – uh, defensive ends inside to put pressure into turning into a five-man front. Well, if our guards play good, we will have the opportunity to run the ball between the tackles with Brees. One thing that uh, Matt Campbell kind of hinted at a little bit earlier this week is that we might start seeing more and more Jared Hufford. Jared is a guy who can play either guard or tackle, and I think they're really excited about his development. He got in there quite a bit against Kansas. And we saw him even in games prior to that. So this is a guy that's emerging, and and they're going to continue to evaluate that offensive line and and see where guys can help him. Well, you know, depth is super important for sure. I mean, you just can't get through a season with all your offensive linemen healthy. To have that, you know, and and to have a couple guys, he and Schweiger, you know, can be the the jack of all trades in that offensive line. Uh, it gives you flexibility, and if somebody's better than somebody else, it gives you the opportunity to get your best guys out there because some of the guys can play multiple positions. They can. He's, you know, he, had, like you said, John, he's played a lot of games. Miller's also played a lot too, and I think they really like him as a freshman. You know, and these guys have worked through the two, you know, through two days and through camp, you know, in a lot of different positions. And as the season goes on, and guys do get dinged up, like Eric talks about, you're going to see more and more guys playing up front. But the good news is they're comfortable. They've moved around play a lot of garden and tackle. So, again, I would expect to see him a lot uh, this this Saturday as well through the bye week. He gets a chance to uh, gel as a, as a unit if they are going to implement him. And it w- I wouldn't be surprised to see him out there starting when we get out there on Saturday. On Football Saturdays, our John Deere run of the game is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when supported by the team at Van Wall Equipment, the Cyclones' John Deere dealer of choice. Ryan, when you were a player at Iowa State, did you guys have bye weeks? I can't remember that there were that many bye weeks back then. And if so, what did you do during those bye weeks, uh, or what did the team do uh, to prepare? So we did. We did have bye weeks every year. For us, it was I had a blast because Coach McCarney was our defensive line coach during every bye week. So a lot of times <laughs> the position coaches would go out and recruit throughout the week, and Coach McCarney would stay and run practices. Well, he was a defensive a guru, especially defensive line. That's what his background was in. And I tell you what, is we always laugh because we felt like we had some of our best weeks coming out of bye weeks as a defensive line because Coach Mack was, was in charge. And, you know, who doesn't want to play for that guy every single day? And we, we actually got him one-on-one for a couple of weeks, which was great. But th- they are important two things. Like, if, if you're banged up, you're probably not practicing. I, I, even the little injuries, like the ones, the nagging ones, if they've got like a little hamstring, like Orion Vance probably didn't go that much the last week. He did this week and game week, but the prior week, I bet he sat out quite a bit just to let that hamstring continue to heal. Uh, Charlie Kohler probably didn't go much the bye week. This week he would have gone, but it just allows those nagging injuries that have been from the start of the season until where you're at today. You get to give them one week with not banging on them, and, and you get that chance to try to feel a little bit healthier as you walk into the next game week. So I'm sure they took a, really a lot of advantage of it. They only practiced three days. Uh, during the bye week. So I know they were getting guys healthy again, and, and, and you want them to be as fresh as we go into this final stretch of the season. Yeah, they did get out on the road and recruit a little bit, but I think one thing that Matt Campbell talked about, that they approached this bye week a little bit differently than they have in years past. A lot of years in the past, they've really worked in the bye week to develop some of the young guys. But he said our focus during the bye week was we have, he challenged the team, we have to keep getting better during this week. We can't take a step back. 
because I think there's a sense of urgency with this group of guys. I mean, there's, we're talking 27 seniors. And, you know, after the bye, it's seven weeks to the finish line and against some really, really good opponents. And I think Matt just kind of wants all hands on deck right now to make the best possible push for this senior group in these final seven games. And so I think they treated this bye week a little bit differently. I agree they probably had guys out that were hurt uh, or at least dinged. But I think they also were really focusing on the top guys continuing to get better. Yeah, they probably were. And we, the, the unfortunate part for this bye week, it came when we were playing some of our best football. You know, you look at that Kansas game. Yes, Kansas is not the, the cream of the crop in the conference. We all know that. But it's still the momentum was starting to go that way. You're coming off the second half of Baylor where I thought that was the best football we played all year. Then they just carried it right into the Kansas game. And as a coach, you're like, wow, we got the momentum. We got some continuity right now there's a lot of great things happening so I think that's where coach Campbell's like we just got to keep this momentum going we're playing really good football right now so uh, again you don't want to lose that on a week when you don't get a chance to line up on a Saturday but again with these seniors they've handled it before and, and Kansas State's coming off a bye as well I think that we would have handled this properly and I'm looking forward to Saturday well, I think we all are guys and uh, this should be a fun one let's let's hope for several things number one Let's hope that Andrew Mevis can kick the ball out of the end zone, <laughs> uh, which he did a great job of against Kansas. But Malik Knowles has uh, taken uh, consecutive weeks. He's, he's taken kickoff returns back for touchdowns. But let's hope, secondly, that Iowa State is kicking off a lot because that would be uh, a really good sign, too. Well, Mevis uh, has really, I think, grown each week as a kicker. I mean, early in the year, his kickoffs really weren't even as deep as they were the last game. The last game, I mean, it was just tremendous. They were all so deep into the end zone. Now, once again, you still got to be great in your coverage because they'll run it out from, you know, two or three yards deep. We don't know what the wind situation is going to be. It could be a very windy stadium, which, you know, Iowa State should be used to. And those kickoffs uh, into the wind are going to be returnable. And you got to have your guys doing the job because that's one area that Iowa State, as you mentioned earlier, John, I mean, play play K-State to a draw on special teams and you're going to have a great chance to win. It is, and that's hard to do. You know, that is their, they, they've been good at it for years. It's almost like, almost like Coach Snyder's still there coaching because a lot of what they look like on film, it looks like he's still there, you know? So again, we have to win special teams, or at least if you can get him to a draw, like you said, Eric, uh, we have a really good chance. Cause I, again, offensively and defensively, you know, you watch him, I think we can move the ball and I think we can really create some trouble for him uh, against their offense, our defense can. So again, we just can't give up the fumbles, the turnovers, and we've got to be uh, special teams. We've got to be sound. If we can go to a draw with them, I, I, I like their chances. Guys, it's his time. And uh, we'll see you in Manhattan. Can't wait to break that losing streak down in Manhattan. I agree. Go Cyclones. Today's Sidecast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn how to farm better, work smarter, and play harder when you run with Van Wall and John Deere. Thanks for listening.